This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh, Greg Tucker and I are over at Adams Place this morning. And you know, this has to be the safest place in the world because I had my temperature taken and uh, I I, I filled out about uh, uh, three volumes of things about my health and stuff. And uh, are you going to be able to rubber stamp that every day? No, we've got to do it every day, which which is pretty great. I mean, you all think right. about it, and we wore our mask all the way back to. We got a nice little room back here where I hope that we will have some of the ladies, uh, the guests, come in here because uh, they, the the chairs are just absolutely comfortable and uh, appear to be set six feet at least apart. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be a part of your initiating a new venue, uh, so our regular listeners know, no, I am not moving to Thursday. We'll continue to be on Mondays. Is today Thursday? You told me today was Monday. No, you assume that because I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but you did not eat breakfast with me this morning. I ate breakfast at the usual place this morning, and, and uh, Mr. Dehoff, who... Uh, uh, he w- he was an attorney here in Murfreesboro, George Dehoff's son. Uh, he was over there. He's moved back from Texas, and now he's living back in Rutherford County again, which was pretty neat. Well, I went over to Stroop's place, the sub shop on Old Las Casas Pike, mm-hmm. and Moose and Billy Cox and uh, Ralph Puckett and Lightning, uh, Billy Harrell, yeah. were all over there, and we enjoyed a breakfast of uh, Hardy's. Biscuits with sausage and tomato mm-hmm. uh, and the coffee service over there. So what else we got to talk about? <laughs> that, that, that's actually your Thursday morning. That's your trip over there. That's and right. actually mine is Thursday afternoon because I like to go over there. It, it's the uh, their special meals are, are served on Thursday. So I meet a special gang over there. And I think uh, little Regina is going to come over and eat with us. Uh, today so we're gonna have a big time all right now you're acting like you haven't prepared anything for today but i've got a text from uh, your lovely wife that uh, you've been preparing all night long i don't know about all night long but i do have a a vet visit this afternoon Mm -hmm. got a cow with a bad leg and uh, she doesn't get up until I go out and roust her up, and I have to get her up occasionally because she's got a calf. Oh, bless her heart. And the calf can't nurse if she's down. Uh, so I've worked with her for a couple of days and decided I'd better bring Larry Williams, my vet, vet out. See, 
You know what sometimes happens? Those old rusty staples that we use to put the fence up. Yeah. Uh, they get down on the ground sometimes, and uh, I suspect she's got something in her foot. Mm-hmm. And I have previously removed a number of these staples uh, where the old rusty fence begins to fall apart. So that may be what's going on. I'll, I'll be sure and give you a report on Monday. Yeah, please do. I know you'll be. Well, I, for some reason, every time <coughs> your show starts, I get text. I get these little type ins that said you need to be closer to your microphone. Well, you're eating it right now. I don't understand how you could be any closer. But I actually hear you better than I have in a long time this morning. Well, we don't have any background noise, but actually I'm kind of missing the background noise yeah. uh, of the restaurant. We'll get used to it. It's nothing like the clicking of the plates, is there? Uh, or the sliding of the chairs or the laughing yeah. of the kids. Have you noticed how comfortable these chairs are? Too comfortable. I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting drowsy. I'm getting spoiled, is what I'm getting. <clears throat> yeah. Let's see. You were talking about D. Hoff last time I was here. We talked about John D. George. Remember him and his. Uh, John D. George. D. George. That's that's one name, not an initial. Yeah. He uh, uh, had a car accident. If you remember, rolled over his fruit, fruit yeah. truck. Yeah. But what I failed to mention, which I thought. Uh, Add to that a footnote, Johnny D. George Jr. was an accomplished. <clears throat> well, he was in the truck when it rolled over. Nobody got hurt. Uh, he was an accomplished drummer and played with some of the big bands back in the 30s. Johnny D. George Jr. Now, how do you know when someone's an accomplished drummer? Is it the the loud sound or, or, or the beat? See, I, I really can't tell the difference. It's who he plays with. Oh, okay. And who hires him. Yeah. I think he played quite a bit with Francis Craig, the uh, leading band in, mm-hmm. in this area. But he also went on the road with several other big-name bands. So uh, in our Rutherford history, we have a big band drummer. Johnny DeGeorge Jr. <laughs> Here we go. It's got to be Brian there this morning. If Greg is already close to Mike, ask him to talk louder. Well, you're screaming right now. I mean, how you're much, blowing my head off of you. Yeah, how much louder do we need to go? Yeah. Uh, Brian, turn up your uh, earphones there. Yeah. <clears throat> so what else is going on, Drew? Well, let's go back to it's DeGeorge. It's yeah. not the, the George. George. It's the it, George. It's the George. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It, it sounded like you're speaking um, Yankee this morning. I don't know what's going on. must have been all your years <coughs> that you had over in Washington, I would presume. You know, Washington is half and half. If you live on the Virginia side, you're kind of in the south. Mm-hmm. But all you got to do is go across D.C. over to the Maryland side, and, boy, it's it's up north. What about West Virginia? You know, West Virginians do not get along with Virginians. There, there's something that separated them all these years. <laughs> uh, Lincoln separated them back uh, during the 1860s. It may have something to do with it. Well, it's <clears throat> West Virginia is more of a religious place because it's West by God, Virginia. That's how you actually pronounce it. Oh, okay. Y- yeah. If you were ever in the service with a bunch of those guys, you better know how to uh, relate back to others when you're talking about your home state. 
Uh, West Virginia, you know, was was founded illegally. Uh, the procedure set out in our Constitution requires that every vote, every state, uh-huh. votes on whether or not to admit a new state. Yeah. And they didn't do that on West Virginia. They just the parts of Virginia, which hung there with the Yankees. Uh, yeah. Lincoln decided to make it another state. So I'm abbreviating the history quite a bit there, but. Uh, they became a state without going through the process uh, that was required. You know that they have started a new uh, wrestling program on television. and But it, it's not as good as the ones they've had before. Of course, they call it the debate, the national debate. But it, it, uh, it didn't turn into anything that was uh, vital as far as what we need to know about the candidates. All we need is a wrestling match between a couple of almost 80-year-old fellas to be entertaining. Yeah. It says something about our, our entertainment taste. Yeah. Let me talk about something serious. Why don't you? All right. I want to talk about a name that uh, lost in our history, Peter Rather, R-A-T-H-E-R. Now, there was a fairly prominent family back in the uh, 1800s, Rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, But this individual, uh, I came across in connection with one of the reunions of the Confederate vets many years ago. Uh, This individual, who had just recently died, Mm -hmm. uh, was a topic during the convention. And Peter Rather, when the uh, Rutherford Rifles was organized, the contingent of locals that went into the Confederate Army, Mm He was part of it, uh, but his role today, we would describe him as a frontline medic. Hmm. His work uh, was to tend to the wounded absolutely at the front line. Bless his heart. Uh, the, uh, those at the hospital people, the stretcher carrier, couldn't get to, but were seriously or injured. Mm-hmm. And he always carried lots of water, which they didn't have much in the way of field medicines in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his uh, attentions would be trying to maintain the wounded until they could be evacuated and get to the medic, uh, the hospital basis. Uh, he apparently was charmed in the sense that he never was injured. He would be right in the middle of the firing up front. And if he had uh, one who was viable and awake, he would help position them for maximum comfort while they're waiting, mm-hmm. give them the water, and stop bleeding, you know, the, the minimal first yeah. aid he could do. If it was someone dying, according to the stories about Peter, he frequently would take them up and hold them and pray over them mm. until, they, until they died. Yeah. If they were dead when he got there, he essentially performed last rites. He would always put his hands on and say a prayer. He was so appreciated and respected that uh, later, as they were veterans, uh, there are stories about uh, someone being on the square in Rutherford County mm-hmm. and spotting him because he was uh, had business around the square. And like I tease you, he got more hugs than anybody because the old veterans who had either been helped by him or whose buddies had been comforted or, or cared for mm-hmm. uh, and knew him and he was he was getting the hugs. Uh, 
at this uh, reunion, which was 1922, uh, several put through the proposal that a monument be set for Parker, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, it was overwhelmingly favored. And they referred it to the United Daughters of the Confederacy, the UDC. Mm-hmm. And apparently it, it kicked around while they were trying to raise money for a decade. And then the Depression wiped out yeah. any, any further attempts with it. And then, of course, as they all died off, he was uh, pretty much forgotten. One thing I didn't mention, he was black. Yeah. He was one of the black Confederates from Rutherford County. You know, um, first of all, what year did he pass away here? 1922. Wow. That's amazing because uh, the war was going on um, in the mid-60s. Oh, yeah. So he lived to be a pretty good age because, remember, we talked not too long ago about the last ones to die. Yeah. Which was all in the late 30s. There were five left in, in 1939, and by 1943, all of them were gone. So... Uh, the last one died uh, after, or in the midst of the maneuvers, because I've seen a picture of Frank Ross uh, sitting on a what looks like a half track or a jeep or something mm-hmm. uh, with some of the young soldiers. And I'm sure he's telling tales about the Civil War and the equipment they had there. But he died in about 1943, and that was you the and I would have loved to have met him. Oh yeah, and there was and I'm not going to have the name, but there was one uh, Confederate veteran who lived on East Main and would spend his time sitting on the porch. And uh, several houses still positioned very close to the street because that was a social time. And one mm-hmm. family would sit on the porch and talk to those walking up and down. Um, uh, Bucky Doster, who died recently in the 90s, told me about how he carried the paper up and down East Main, and he would always stop and talk to the old veteran yeah. on the porch there. Uh, but that one died in about 1940, so that was the last of them. Post-Civil War would have had to been an extremely interesting time to be living around here during that because uh, there was so much destruction and so much anger. But from what I can tell and, and read, uh, things came back pretty normal after a fairly short time, which is unusual. Well, we compress time when we look backwards. Uh, the Reconstruction period, people think, well, you know, the war was over and then there was Reconstruction. Uh, yeah, there was, but it went on for 10 to 12 years. Yeah, It was the mid-70s that uh, it began to disappear, but I'd say it's 78, 79 before really the... Uh, the southern states were once again uh, governing themselves. I'm uh, reading there. It's bouncing around again. So, for, the, for those who don't know, Truman sits here with a computer screen facing him, and I'm looking at the black back of it. So, well, I, I'm I'm the only one that uh, has, has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a, I have a strong background in tech. I'm technology, sure. I know you do. as everybody knows. I know you do. Yeah, <laughs> you can use a telephone. 
Yeah, it's bouncing around, so I'm not going to go back with that. Um, Talking about uh, things, people not getting along, uh, I've been amused by the uh, criticism, that's a nice way to say it, of our new postmaster. Seems to me that his major uh, offense is he's a close friend of our president. Oh, that's terrible! Isn't that awful? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he did take uh, take charge at a at an awkward time uh, with all the business about the absentee balloting and the voting. By Have mail. you kept up with it? No. <laughs> there have I been tons it. and tons of of the ballots sent out, and most of them are inaccurate yeah. or don't have a name on them whatsoever. Uh, well. He's getting a lot of static, and as I say, it's primarily because of who his friend is and reminds me that this is not the first time we've been around like that. You know, ever since Benjamin Franklin set up the post office and then stepped back and uh, did what he liked to do mm -hmm. because the post office bureaucracy up until, oh, the, our generation was the most efficient and, and smoothly running bureaucracy in in the uh, the U U.S. government. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, now it's not even a. It used to be a position on the cabinet was the postmaster, mm -hmm. and uh, even back in the early 1900s, 19th, uh, 20th century, the postmaster appointment was usually given to a real good friend of the president mm -hmm. because it was an easy job. They had this massive bureaucracy already set up functioning in those days very, very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the uh, campaign manager, whoever it might be, would get that position. Uh, I'm reminded about today's controversy of uh, during the Roosevelt administration. Franklin Delano Roosevelt had a very close friend and a very strong supporter and organizer named James Farley, F-A-R-L-E-Y, mm -hmm. Farley. And Farley uh, was appointed postmaster. And uh, <clears throat> even though they were already good friends, Farley apparently thought it would be smart to curry further uh, uh, affection from his president. And he knew that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a stamp collector, an avid stamp collector. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Farley, I'm not sure what prompted it originally, goes into the printing plant where they're printing stamps and pulls a sheet of stamps out mid-process. So the stamps did not have the perforations yet in the sheet mm -hmm. and didn't have the gum on the back of it and presented that to his president, one the only <laughs> sheet of the kind, you know. And uh, this went on for several issues in the 30s until it leaked out of what had happened. And, of course, there was, the you, you might expect, the outrage, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because he was creating what would have become very valuable rarities. Yeah. And uh, giving them to the president, obviously. To, Sounds to, good to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good, easy way to do it. Yeah. When they found out about it, they said... Uh, you got to do something. So he rearranged the process and printed millions of them without perforating them and without putting the glue on them. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you read about the Roosevelt administration, it would be the Farley scandal, which produced the Farley issues. 
So we've, we have a history already in the United States of postmasters trying to take care of the boss, favor the boss. So who was the first uh, ones to communicate to the public that this was going on? Yeah, I'm imagining... CNN that, wasn't around at that time. No, I suspect the outcry came first from collectors mm -hmm. because they were creating these rarities. Uh, you know, Wouldn't that be in their benefit later on? Uh, if there were enough to go around. Yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently, uh, politically, I suspect someone in uh, the opposition party... Mm -hmm heard about it or found about it because Farley was not hiding really you know he was trying to curry favor and and probably didn't occur to him that uh, he was going to get that <laughs> that storm of objection protest and most of the time when you read books about the the Franklin Roosevelt administration it's not mentioned mm -hmm. uh, but it was a major scandal at the time and they took care of it by just flooding the market with uh, the same thing. He was a very interesting fellow, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. I don't think there was anyone even close to him as far as um, the what all the things that he had to take care of during his administration, and he did it in in such a uh, an unbelievable way. He was able to get the confidence of the people. Yeah. And such that, uh, you know, he was almost everybody's uh, father. Mm -hmm. uh, the relationship, uh, uh, particularly when you read about his death, was very personal. Mm -hmm. You know, even though they, of course, never met the president or never, you know, people felt like this is, you know, someone that I can trust. This is someone that I like. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, he did an awful lot of his campaigning on a very personal level. Back, yeah. hanging off the back of a train uh, so many many people saw him saw him up close but mm -hmm. uh, he uh, unlike uh, some of our more recent presidents he didn't ever go into the crowd because of course he was severely crippled yeah handicapped Polio. yeah it was always you know from the back of the train or from the car or something like that don't you think that in today's world with the media like it is right now, um, we don't get a, a really positive... Uh, um, they don't. Uh, the media, they really... It's almost like they have to have everything in a negative situation when it comes to our leaders, no matter which one. Of course, they, they have their own opinions of which ones they like more than any other, but... Can you imagine uh, people like Pelosi and, and those uh, that you see every day? It, it really doesn't give a proper image, or maybe it does, of the type of people that we have leading our country. It, we don't have the, the reassurance of the people that we're putting in the, their offices are, are really um, working with a full deck, you might say. Well, I know... <clears throat> One of your favorite uh, groups in the country right now is the media. Yeah. And uh, if you look at the contrast, uh, today the media will jump on an opportunity to embarrass the president or, mm -hmm. or any other political leader we have. 
Uh, during the Roosevelt administration, I think uh, the media probably saw that it was in their best interest mm -hmm. to have a president who was strong and respected and intelligent and uh, several opportunities that today would be jumped on. Uh, uh, you can read about where they actually, as a group, protected the president's image. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they didn't want it uh, to appear that we were governed by a, a weak, handicapped uh, fellow. Uh, and, of course, he was so powerful in his speaking mm -hmm. and uh, in his intellect that, uh, you know, that was the focus. It's time to take a break. Let's take a break. All right. We'll be right back with you. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Now's the time to start teaching good financial habits to your children, and we're here to help. Hi, I'm Nancy with Heritage South Community Credit Union. Our chipmunk and squirrel saver accounts help your child learn how to save and reward them for regular deposits or good grades. Our team cash accounts help your team learn to manage their money wisely and have options to build their credit. To learn more, visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, insured by the NCUA. Hey guys, prioritizing your health is now more important than ever. Not only to build your immune system, but to address chronic health issues that you may have. I recommend Low T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness and follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. Low T Center has reinvented the doctor's visit, making it easy to get all of your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It all starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass, those could be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-inject at-home treatments are $135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. Book your annual wellness exam today at LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. MTSU Arts, together with the SIN Federal Credit Union, presents R&J, an adaption of Shakespeare's play, Romeo and Juliet. Our talented students and faculty are working together on a safely bringing this production to Tucker Theater stage from October 1st through October 4th. Visit mtsu.edu slash mtsuarts for more information on our virtual showtimes. Our people, that's the difference. Maples Realty and Auction. I'm Betsy Maples-Taylor with Maples Realty and Auction Company in Murfreesboro. It's a great time to book an auction. Dates are filling up fast for fall auctions. The Maples team will come to your property and do a free, no-obligation analysis to determine if an auction is the best option for you. For more information, visit MaplesRealtyandAuction.com or call 615-896-4740. Maples Realty and Auction. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. 
offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. If you're unemployed in Rutherford County, you might want to consider FedEx. They're beefing up for the holidays. The Tennessee-based shipping giant says it's adding over 70,000 positions nationwide to help for the holiday season. FedEx officials say they believe this holiday season will be the company's best yet because more and more people are ordering more and more things from home. The 13th annual Cookin' to Build offers all-you-can-eat homemade soups, stews, and chili around the historic Rutherford County Courthouse, and 100% of the proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. It's Saturday, November 7th, from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., and you can paint a bowl for the event through October 15th at either Murfreesboro Pottery location in Murfreesboro, or you can paint from home. The cost is $5 per bowl plus tax and includes three colors. Additional colors are a dollar each. You can also buy your $20 event ticket at the same time. Rapid test kits for COVID-19 are headed to Tennessee. Governor Lee says the state will receive a shipment of about 150,000 tests for the federal government next week. Those rapid tests produce results in about 15 minutes. Some of the tests will go to nursing homes and others will go to schools. The state is relaxing restrictions on nursing homes and other long-term care facilities. The new protocols will be based on the transmission rate of the coronavirus within each facility. Health Commission says that the health and safety of vulnerable Tennesseans remains a top priority. However, they add that it's time to reunite long-term care residents with their families. And if you're a Rutherford County stock car racing fan, there might be a race closer to you than Bristol. The NASCAR Cup Series is returning to Nashville at the National Super Speedway on Father's Day of 2021. Tickets for the race are expected to go on sale next month. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. For 80 years, Roscoe Brown has been the trusted name in heating, cooling, and plumbing for Middle Tennessee homeowners and businesses. Throughout the years, our number one goal has been to accurately assess your HVAC and plumbing systems. With four locations in Middle Tennessee, we provide 24-7 assistance by calling 1-888-MY-ROSCOE. Turn to the experts at Carrier and Roscoe Brown. People you know, a name you trust. RoscoeBrown.com. Roscoe Brown. RoscoeBrown.com. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential. They're open. They're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon. High in the mid-70s. North winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies and a low near 42. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 55. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, 
and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Greg is griping about something, which is not unusual. But uh, Terry Deal is with us, and uh, Terry's pretty much running the place over here at Adams Place. And how do you, in the world do you keep everybody happy? Because when you have a bunch of ladies together, I can remember I worked with a lot of ladies, and every once in a while, one would have a little bit of an aggravation with the other. Every now and then. Yeah, every now and then. But everybody seems to be happy here. Everybody is happy here. The the folks that live in residential living, they all get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally you do have the little rifts, but if they don't get along, they just they have options of going somewhere else and doing something different and getting away from each other for a little while. So it seems to work itself out. Well, one of my little buddies, one of my classmates came in here a minute ago, mm-hmm. Mary Edith Martin, uh, MacFarlane. MacFarlane. And uh, she just got through uh, working out in the pool. She did. And, yeah, I mean, she looks healthy as a horse. She, she is. She is probably one of the most active as far as our wellness programs are concerned. She goes, I think, to all eight of the wellness classes plus mm-hmm. the water aerobics twice a, a week. She does her own exercise. She rides her bicycle. She, still, she is very active in this community. Yeah. You have a lot of different parts here uh, at Adams Place, don't you? You have people here for rehab and in yes. other situations. We do. Adams Place is a continuing care retirement community. Mm-hmm. So we have on our 22-acre campus, we have independent living, which is the section that I'm over. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have assisted living, memory care, uh, rehab, and long-term care. So we can take care of all of the needs of our aging population here on this campus. You, you have... It's set up where people can actually, I presume, still buy uh-huh. uh, uh, what we would call condos, I guess. Right. And, and uh, a lot of them feel more comfortable just selling their home place and then buying into uh-huh. here where they have a lot of friends. Um, um, somebody like myself, I can't stand to be away from people I care uh-huh. about. The social factor is is probably more important as we grow older than mm-hmm. it is at any other time in our lives. Uh, that's the beauty of coming to a community like this because, you know, when we're in our homes, especially if a spouse has passed away, mm-hmm. uh, you're in your home, you're by yourself, maybe uh, you're not driving as much or don't see as well to drive, so you're, you're not as active as you once were. Yeah. So when you move into a community like this, you've got a building full of, of neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose who you want to hang out with, who you want to go do things with, and it just makes it really convenient to be able to continue with that socialization. How many of the people that are staying here are single, and do you have still husband and wives that would be here? As the as We do. The... Yeah, we actually have 16 couples mm-hmm. that live with us. The rest of the population are singles. Yeah, because I usually think of that when somebody moves to a, a nice place like this, mm-hmm. usually it's because one of their... Uh, spouses had has passed away in a lot of cases that's true you know we do have uh, as i said we've got the 16 couples that are living with us and they've just chosen to go ahead and make that step and what is really beneficial when they do that is when one spouse does then pass away there is a very strong support system already mm-hmm. built in so they're they're not having to walk through 
that passing alone. They've got a building full of friends that have have gone through the exact same thing, and they know how to support each other Mm -hmm. where I can be a, a shoulder to lean on, but I may not understand exactly what they're going through. You know, you think of people as they get older, like uh, Greg has, uh, that they, they they have a hard time, uh, uh, you know, taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. And, and uh, maybe some, but for the most part, the people that are over here are, are extremely active, both mentally and physically. And uh, I had Miss Black. Do you remember Miss Black? Were you here when she was here? Yes. Uh, she was on my show uh, a few years ago. Okay. And I, I know she was in her 90s, and it was amazing to me. She had total recall. Mm-hmm. And, and and I would talk to her about things that I would try to explain to her the situation. She knew it better than I did. Right. Yeah. So um, it, it is a great place to live yeah. in, in all the things that are going on here. Now, what is your particular job? Do you, Do you ever... Are you wanting to, to find out what their particular thing, the things are that makes them more happy, or what do you do? Well, my title is executive director. Ooh, that's big time. I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that just means you do everything that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, one of the key roles that I have, in addition to making sure that the existing residents are happy, Mm-hmm. Um, is I do meet with anybody that expresses interest in moving here. Mm-hmm. So I'm the, the initial point of contact. So I walk through the process with them, try to learn as much as I can about that person or the husband and wife. It's really when you're choosing a senior living community, it is finding out what that community has to offer that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you love to swim, Adam's Place is the, com- the place to come. We mm-hmm. have the indoor p- uh, swimming pool, so that's definitely uh, something that we would want to know about somebody. So I just try to go ahead and start building a relationship with the individual, um, find out as much as I can about them and their family and what it is they're looking for so that we can make sure that we're meeting their needs once they decide that they want to call Adam's Place home. Now, how do people know if there is a vacancy here for them to be able to go look at? Calling me. That's about the only way. Um, you know, right now we do have some vacancies. Typically, we keep wait lists, but the, the wait list, just because you're on a wait list, doesn't mean it's going to take you long to get in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, the most important thing is just to give us a call and see where we are and what we have available. Now, if... Is this similar to buying a, a condo in Florida or something like that? Uh, what are the restrictions that you would have buying a, 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 a residency here? There's really not a lot of restrictions. Um, we have some residents who are still working jobs every day. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them still travel the world. So... About, I guess if you could call it a restriction if you wanted to, we do lock the doors and you've got to ring the doorbell to get back home when you come home late at night. But oh, wow. you can you can continue living your life. The, the goal is you live your life the way life means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that's working or traveling, uh, you know, going to church, going on trips with the family. Mm-hmm. So there really aren't any restrictions. So I imagine a lot of people that move here, 
have already have friends or family that are living here right now. Some of them do. We have a lot of folks that that move in from out of this area. We've probably got about a third of our population that is from out of state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got two getting ready to move in, one from Michigan, one from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it depends a lot of times if the families have been transplanted to Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. then the parents may eventually come with them to be closer to the kids and the grandkids and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got a, a lot of the ones that are were born and raised right here in Murfreesboro and know a lot of the folks that already live here. What if uh, you live here and you're going to have to move to another state or something like that? How do you um, uh, how do you take care of that? Or would you be kind of like a real estate person that that is running the place and and you take care of the all the details for them? Yes, that that is totally my responsibility. So the family, all they've got to do if they do have to make that move, they just pack their things up and and make the transition, and then it's my responsibility to reoccupy that apartment. You're multi talented, aren't you? Uh, some well, people say I am. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm interested in what your background is. Uh, original education was social work. Uh, then after bachelor's program, I decided to go out and live my own life and finally got around to, in my mid-40s, figured out what I wanted to do when I grew up. Went back, got my master's in uh, health administration and started in the senior living industry in 2011 here in Murfreesboro. Now, where are you from originally? Originally from Hermitage. Oh. So I'm I'm Tennessee native. Yeah. Hermitage is a great area. It is. Uh, When I think of Hermitage, I think of DuPont. I don't know why, but I do. Well, I do too, because that's where I went to school. Oh, did you? Mm -hmm. DuPont Plant was in Old Hickory, and then DuPont High School at the time was in Hermitage, just right up the road from my house. I'm a bulldog all the way. I've got uh, family and friends that grew up in DuPont. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, did you ever know Tom and Leela Mae McFerrin? The name is familiar. Uh, they they lived right where where the old hickory, where the boat dock is. Mm-hmm. They, they, they live right there. Okay. And then their land goes out into that particular area. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the family members that uh, are part of my family they actually worked at DuPont, which was a, a major source of jobs back in those days. It was, yeah. And I don't know how much it is now, but, yeah, back in those days it was. We actually, uh, I'm probably quite a bit older than you, but my uh, football team that I played on, we beat DuPont 28 to nothing in my last year. I, I just think most everybody you know. beat DuPont. Yeah. <laughs> But it's all changed over there. It doesn't look like the same place anymore. You remember they had what looked like barrack houses. Mm-hmm. And, and they had all the lattice, you know, that would go underneath them and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I was fascinated by that because um, my first cousin, they, uh, they lived in one of those houses. And uh, I said, man, I would love to live in a house because we all lived in these little old country houses around here. Right. And when we would go up and visit, it, it was just a totally different neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now, do you live here? I do. In Mer- well, in, in the county. I live out in the Walter Hill area. Oh, my goodness. Walter Hill. Yes, sir. That's not out the pike. 
Bless your heart. That's. Uh, did you ever hear of? Well, I'm not going to ask you that because I know <laughs> you probably hadn't been around. But why did you um, uh, partake in this particular uh, uh, vocation? Because um, it takes a a, a, a different person uh-huh. and uh, different needs. Uh-huh. And, and you were you mentioned earlier that you were a social worker. So. I was. Um, it has to be a lot of your love for the the type of people that are here. It is. Um, as, you know, life took its different turns as I was aging. Uh, I was given opportunity. I had lived in North Carolina for a few years and, and was able to move back to Tennessee mm-hmm. and was very fortunate to be here for my mom's last year and a half of her life. Yeah. And during that year and a half, This was before I started my master's program. During that year and a half, I kept saying to her and to my brother and sister, you know, there have got to be people out there to help the aging population. Mm -hmm. There have got to be services. And there were a lot of services that came in and provided assistance with my mom. Mm -hmm. And after she passed away, I just really felt like I was called into this industry. I started researching degree options and went ahead and, and completed the master's program and jumped right in with both feet and have not looked back since. This has definitely been uh, God's calling on my life to work with the senior population. Mm-hmm. Do you have many visitors come in to visit with the, the residents that are here? During COVID, no. But prior to COVID and what we are looking forward to after yeah. we are able to come out from all of the restrictions, yes, it, the the doors are constantly swinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of folks that come in, have meals with residents, come in, participate in activities, and come in just to visit. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of visitation that goes on around here. I have a, a first cousin that is here going through rehab. Okay. She she just le- left the hospital, and she's here, and the visitations are through the windows. They are right now, yes, sir. And they've got um, the room number, I think, on the windows mm-hmm. where you will know where they are. Mm-hmm. And James Hamlin, uh, her uh, uh, husband, he brings Charlie, their little dog, with them. Mm-hmm. And Charlie can somehow knows that she's on the other side of that window and charlie goes crazy he's wanting to go inside the room and uh, it, it, it's it's she's going through a, a difficult uh rehab because uh, she, she had i can't i know she had gone through a, a cancer type situation and, and then she's had other things that are developed and um and there's no way, I, I presume, that that one or two visitors can come in and, and actually visit, actually in the room itself. Right now in rehab, unfortunately not. Um, in the residential living part of our campus, we are opening up this week to mm-hmm. allow limited visitation. Unfortunately, in the assisted living and the health center, uh, based on the governor's restrictions, we're mm-hmm. still not able to allow visitors. But we are looking forward to that hoping, happening, we hope, very soon. You haven't had really uh, much of a problem here at Adams Place, except I, I'm sure uh, maybe two or three people that maybe have come down with the virus itself. Right. But why did why in the world is is there so much of that going on as far as the COVID virus in nursing homes and and it, 
It, it seems like that's the number one target. It does seem that way. I wish that I had an answer. Um, yeah. You know, we have have certainly taken every precaution. We've actually been told that we have gone a little over the top in mm-hmm. the precautionary measures that we have put in place. Uh, but we felt like it was very important to do everything that we could to make sure that we kept our population safe. Yeah. I did not get one hug coming in here, which is rare for me. <laughs> I did not have one. Listen to him bragging. Yeah, well, I know I'm not bragging, yeah. but, but, but I do miss it. I, I mean... Uh, we'll hug you in a post-COVID world. How about that? You'll have to come back. <laughs> well, I hope he's back tomorrow. Yeah. But we're not going to hug you tomorrow either. Well, now, uh, how do I get... Uh, somebody promised me donuts and coffee. I'll have you donuts I, and coffee here tomorrow. Oh, that'll be great. <laughs> of, course, actually, of course, we got actually, the band. You actually only have to do that on Mondays. Ah, uh, okay, when you're here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, yeah, he's, he's a big eater. He <laughs> really is. Now, we have our soda shop that's also open. You can come on in early and have you a sausage biscuit or bacon, a soda egg, and shop? cheese. Yes, sir. So how is that set up, the soda shop? What, 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 how, is that in a kitchen-like situation or what? No, it's actually a completely separate area from the kitchen and dining room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's set up so that we can have continental-style breakfast items mm-hmm. and soup and sandwiches for lunch. So he, Danny's open Monday through Friday, and the residents will come down, uh, grab a bite to eat, socialize. The men like to sit in there and gab. Uh, they, yeah, they, they talk about more, the good old days. Uh, well, that or gossip. Yeah. You know. Is there much gossip around here? No. No, oh, there was at one time. No, no. Uh, you had an ex-superintendent uh, of county schools that used to be here at one time. And um, he seemed to be the, the man about town, from what I can understand. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. Anytime I want to know what's going on around here, mm-hmm. I go to the soda shop and listen. Oh, they I, allow you in there? Every now and then they do. I don't know if they will say what they would normally <laughs> gossip about speak when for you your, walk in. Speak for yourself, Truman. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's pretty neat. Um, have we missed anything that we needed to uh, relate to the people who are really interested in in Adams Place and and what it provides? And um, it's, it's it's rare that you have. Uh, rooms that uh, condo rooms that are available because it, it used to stay full all the time it is very rare i think what has happened in these last few months is people have been a little bit reluctant to make a move uh, they're not wanting to leave their homes and come into an area that has such significant restrictions that we've had as we're beginning to loosen up on those restrictions it's making a difference we've got three folks getting ready to move in this week mm-hmm. or not this week i'm sorry during october um so we do still have a couple of two bedroom apartments that are available and mm-hmm. and then you have people that you know we've got a number of people that are on our waiting list they're just not quite ready to make the move so i you know, if we have a vacancy and that's what they're interested in, they can pass on that. So, you know, anybody that's interested 
in doing this, I think the key is going ahead and getting the information and pre-planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the individuals that make the most successful transition into retirement or into downsizing into a community like this are the ones that have pre-planned and know that what steps they want to take. Uh, they, you know, they choose Adams Place as home and come in on the independent living end of things so that as they age and their needs change, families don't have to step in and make those decisions for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you find yourself in a crisis situation where mom or dad is in the hospital and you realize they can't go back home. When they're a resident at Adams Place, the decisions are already made. It's just the fundamentals of, okay, we might not be able to call independent living home anymore, but now we're just going to transition to assisted living. So it takes a lot of that responsibility off of the children because the parents have pre-planned and made the decisions of what they want to call home. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the key is just going ahead and getting the information, getting on the wait list if you're not ready to make a move, and uh, that way, but when your name comes up on the wait list, it might be your time to come. How do the citizens here, um, how, how do they adjust to this COVID virus? Because I'm sure that they're not used to anybody telling them what they have and have to do and can't do. No, they are not used to that at all. And I don't like having to tell them what they can and cannot do. Um, you know, the residents have been incredibly gracious in mm-hmm. the last six months. Uh, our facility is set up in such a way that we've been able to continue a number of things. We have, although we've not been able to have entertainers in the building, uh, our activities director, Betsy Bond, she has coordinated courtyard concerts. So mm-hmm. we're able to still do that. Um, we can't do bingo in our meeting room, which is where we are right now. So we spread out from one end of the parlor to the other so that we can maintain six-foot social distancing. So we've been able to accommodate a number of our activities so that uh, they do still have some opportunity. Uh, from a dining room perspective, you know, we weren't able to go in the dining room for a number of months. So we started doing in-home deliveries. Mm-hmm. So um, sending our, our china to the to the dinner table in their home instead of in our dining room. So they have been really gracious in uh, putting up with our restrictions. And they're all looking forward to coming back out and starting to have more opportunities. And we are, too, because we're tired of saying that. Well, I'm sure Miss Black would have had some complaints if she was still with us. Because she was a strong-willed lady. Mm-hmm. She really was. Mm-hmm. And one of the smartest people I've ever known. It, it's, um, it, it, it's This virus thing, I'm sure, is going to be up with pretty soon. Now, what about if uh, the, um, uh, the medicines, mm-hmm. the, the serums, that are, or however it's set up, uh, when it comes out, will they have the option of... Uh, uh, being treated, or would the uh, Adams Place require the, the, the uh, particular right. shots or what, however they got it set up? Yeah. I would imagine it will be optional, but that'll be something that we'll just have to address once we actually have a vaccine available. It's my understanding that they're very close right mm-hmm. now. I hope they are. Yeah, and I think they've already gone through a number of testing that, that's passed. Um, um, whoever makes a decision off of it. But I think they've got a couple more, and, and they say they're going to follow through the, uh, the process 
of anything that would be very similar. Are you old enough to remember the polio uh, scares of, of, of the 50s and the 60s? I am not, no, actually, sir. Actually, been the 40s and the 50s. You didn't, actually. You didn't have to ask that. I mean, it was <laughs> obvious that she... <laughs> Thank <course>. you, Greg. <laughs> I might have white hair, but come on. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I actually had it. It, it, my brother and I did, okay. and uh, just about everybody in our neighborhood, we went to uh, uh, swim in one of the rivers around here over uh, um, where the, the college is right now for their uh, agricultural things. In, uh, East for, Fork? It's over at Guy James' property. Yeah, on the East Fork. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was amazing. We After we got through, we got back home, and everybody got sick. But it's a strange disease, kind of a little bit like this disease in that a number of people were just terribly affected by it. Uh, our lungs be became part of the process. But many of us, we just, uh, after a day or two, we just walked away and it was gone. And uh, this seems like it's very similar because a lot of us had it and then it was gone. Right. And I never was really sick. Except for I was going crazy. I can't stand to be isolated. You, you were really hurting for about two days. Well, how do you know? You called me two or three times a day. <laughs> and, and and you guys didn't even want me within 10 miles of your house out there. We were the only people that uh, entertained you during that period. You did entertain me. And I, I was very happy with that. Good. Yeah. It does make a difference, friends. Friends make all the difference in the world. And and that's part of the, the draw here, isn't it? Absolutely. There are so many interesting people that live here, and you get to share a lot of that. You do. And, we you know, the, the southern hospitality really comes out when we've got somebody coming in that's not from this area. And the people that are from Murfreesboro just welcome them in and... Make them good. Make them into good Southern folks before they leave. Now you said something about entertainment mm -hmm. that you you can't allow in here. We've got the band coming here tomorrow. Uh, that's what you so said. How, We're so looking how, forward so to how, it. So how do how do we do that? You'll come in and screen just like you did this morning, mm -hmm. and we'll set them up right here in this room and make sure the residents are aware that we've got some entertainment. Uh, we are, uh, you know, as I said, we've been doing courtyard concerts for the last several months, but mm -hmm. uh, Betsy is beginning to bring the entertainers back inside. Mm -hmm. We decided to go outside this week because it was so pretty, um, but we're starting to bring them back in. So I think that we'll be able to, to have the band in here tomorrow and every Friday going forward. You know, one of them performs at the handlebar. What is the handlebar? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It used to be the little brown jug. Oh. Do you remember the little brown jug? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh, you got to be kidding me. You're still what, pushing what, too far back. One of the great locations in Rutherford County. You, you, it, goes you back to, on. it goes back to 1930s. Oh, gracious. Now, I've only been in Murfreesboro since 2005, so I can't. I might be older than that, but I can't go too far back. Oh, I spent many a day in there when I was at the sheriff's office. <laughs> Going in and out. Now, what's going on? Oh, my goodness. Jackie Saunders, That uh, I can't talk to him because I'm on the radio. Jackie, if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, he, he, uh, he, uh, play, he was in my class. And I'll guarantee you he's listening to, to what's going on here. That, that's the big draw 
and Greg's the one that started it. When we, uh, when he became the uh, ambassador of all the history uh, that's gone on in Rutherford County, he you, just, you, got everybody's attention was automatically. Uh-huh. Yeah. He just promoted me to ambassador. Not you're you're kind of like an ambassador. Yeah. To everybody except me. We got some history that has come in and visiting with us, too. Mm-hmm. We and do. since I can't get any or give any hugs, I'm not sure just what we're going to do, Lee. <laughs> Good morning. I can't, I can't see their faces. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. Now, do you have to have a, if you're a lady, do you have to be beautiful to come here? Obviously. And now I've got to be real careful how I answer that question. I think it's true. <laughs> Almost all the people that I know here are just absolutely gorgeous. They are. We have got some mighty handsome folks that live here. Beautiful ladies and handsome gentlemen. Well, the t- the two handsome gentlemen are sitting here, obviously. Well, but y'all aren't living here yet. No. Yet. I'll put you on the <laughs> list. <laughs> Already on the list. <laughs> oh, he he's a big farmer. I don't know if you could ever get him... Even inside the city. Yeah, I'd have to bring at least one cow. How big is that courtyard? Well, it's pretty big, but I don't know that we could manage a cow. All right. Well, we've run out of time, hon. Well, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, too. Actually, it turned out to be your show. I don't even know why we were even here this morning. Because you wanted to talk to me. Yeah. You are a great conversationalist. Well, thank you. And I love the way you smile, too, because you seem like you're happy. You, you may be faking it, but you look like you're happy. <laughs> no, not faking no, it. No, no. Well, guys, back at the Radio Station, we're just about done. So I'll see you again. Have a good day. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.